this could be better, we could do something about this, it shouldn't be this way. And I think that's always been the way I've been, which led me to becoming an entrepreneur when I left university. So uh, yeah, that's my passion really, making change happen and figuring out how can we make change happen in the sort of complex world that we live in. Brave Bold Brilliant. I'm here today with Zoe Antrobus and Dawn Lyle from For the Region here in Swansea. Nice to see you both. How are you? All good? Thanks so much, Jeanette. Lovely to be here. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. So listen, we're going to hear from both of you throughout the course of this because you both have a huge amount to offer to our listeners or if anyone's watching this on YouTube as well, you can check it out. But before we, we kind of get into the you know meaty discussion, shall we say, Dawn, do you want to just give us a little bit of an intro to yourself and then we'll come to you after that, Zoe, if that's all right? Thank you. Yeah. Hi, I'm uh, Dawn Lyle and I've lived in Swansea for all of my adult life and I have become just the most passionate advocate for the city and for the region. Um, and I see myself as a sort of positive facilitator for change. So I'm really one of those people who looks at a situation and thinks, you know, this could be better. We could do something about this. It shouldn't be this way. And I think that's always been the way I've been, which led me to becoming an entrepreneur when I left university. So uh, yeah, that's my passion really, making change happen and figuring out how can we make change happen in the sort of complex world that we live in. Well, we'll hopefully get to answer that question, Dawn. <laughs> how can we make change happen in the complex world we're living in? Brilliant question. So we're gonna loop back around to that uh, shortly. But uh, Zoe, over to you, give a little bit of an intro on yourself. Thanks, Jeanette. Hi, I'm Zoe Antrobus. I have lived in Swansea all my life, apart from a short period of time where I lived in London and organised the National Energy Management Exhibition, which is, I'll come on to um, something that we're doing recently, which sort of intertwines with that. But uh, again, I uh, am very passionate about where we live. I love Swansea and the wider region. Um, I have worked as in the solicitors, in uh, event management and I've really always had a passion for bringing people and businesses together and um, to collaborate and work together and again that sort of flows through into what how we started for the region and how we brought uh, sort of made that happen in 2018. Oh, well fantastic so 2018 is when it all kicked off so you're five years in so we've got a bit of life pre-covid we've then got a couple of horrid years in the middle um of covid related and now we're through the other side so you know it's uh, great that for the region has survived through all of that and it's not just survived but flourishing actually um, and as i'm looking at your screen zoe i can see behind you various icons the well-being region destination travel and tourism buying regional and procurement, development and investment, circular economy, energy and environment, and creative economy, cultural and digital. So, wow, there's a lot going on, right? You've got six big, you know, hero kind of topics there. Um, but do you want to just give us an introduction around, and, and maybe Dawn, you can cover this off, and then Zoe chip in afterwards. Just give us a bit of a, a, an idea of what For the Region does, who is it for and what are those focus areas? Because you've got six there that we've touched on, but there may well be other ones as well. So Dawn, just give us a little bit of an intro to For the Region. Great. Yeah, thank you for asking. Well, we set up For the Region in 2018 and it really came out of 
a period of time where Zoe and I had uh, worked together on a, a few different initiatives locally and we just had the impression that everyone was working in a silo so I don't know if, if that means something to you but everyone is in their own little bubble doing their own projects uh, running their own businesses uh, in their own family groups and with their groups of friends and um, we just had this real sense that actually we need to work together across Swansea and South West Wales um, and so working together became our absolute mantra um, and we created what we call an alliance really it's an alliance of businesses and organizations and people and community groups really a cross-sector network of people and organizations who share our passion for South West Wales and our belief in the importance of working together and you're quite right we have six impact areas and that's because really we think that what the region needs is a whole system approach so I've talked about the kind of cross-sector nature of what we do everyone is invited everyone is included but it's also tackling the integrated nature of all our challenges and opportunities from the environment and um, energy and things like that to the creative sector and the development sector and people and their homes and businesses. So as diverse and all-encompassing as it can be, which obviously means that we're fairly overstretched trying to be all things to all people, but it really is born out of that sense that we need to break down the silos, we need to get people talking together across barriers and across the region and across sectors so that the opportunities can emerge and we can really recognise the strengths that we have when we collaborate and work together. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, I love it. So there's a huge amount going on. As you say, you're overstretched because, you know, demand is high. There's so many opportunities out there. And I'm going to come to you, Zoe, next, if that's OK. So, you know, the type of organisations that, you know, engage with you and um, do you want to just give us a flavour of the size of businesses? Is it more SME focused? Do you, know, do you get some of the larger companies in the region also getting involved? Um, just give us a bit of a flavour of the type of businesses, Zoe. We're in a really lucky situation, actually, that we have a really diverse mix of businesses that support us. Our mission statement is to co-create a happier, healthier Southwest Wales with a thriving economy. And that's not Dawn and I. It's not our mission. It's, um, as Dawn has mentioned, it's really inclusive. And we're really lucky that really large scale businesses like the DVLA, Natural Resources Wales, University of Wales, Trinity St. David, Swansea University, big organisations here in our region believe in what we're trying to achieve and see that it's really important that we do all work together to achieve that happier, healthier Southwest Wales. And also, um, as Dawn has mentioned, um, community projects, People, people who actually want to have a voice and want to have a say in what happens to their communities, to where they live. And um, the SMEs, a really diverse range of businesses um, support and believe in the same mission as us, ranging from um, accountants and solicitors to furniture repair, really um, diverse mix from across the four counties of South West Wales. So we're called For the Region because we cover Pembrokeshire, Carmarthenshire, Swansea and Neathport Albert, and we really are For the Region. And any business from um, across those four counties that believes in what we're trying to achieve is more than welcome to join our alliance and um, get involved and have a say in what happens. 
Brilliant. No, that's great. And I love the fact that you've got, you know, bigger organizations and you've got solopreneurs and you've got SMEs, you've got the kind of you've got kind of more, I suppose, local government, local authority, back businesses, you know, entrepreneurs, etc. So really good mix there. And and Zoe, just to build on on that kind of question you said about how people can join the alliance. What what how does it work? What's the way that these businesses do get involved? Is it specific projects? Is it they become they join you know almost like as a membership with you know paying a sort of you know a subscription to join join the the community? How does it actually work in practical terms? Um, yeah, we have supporting members. So there's the partners um, sign up as a partner fee, which is two thousand pounds. Our SMEs join us as a, a supporting fee of. 250 um, pounds and members can just join us at 50 pound a year their annual um, supporting payments and um, you know we've met loads of our members through a lot of the networks and events that we've organized you covered off um, a number of the um, areas that we work across and the way of bringing people together around the shared sense of purpose is often through us organizing different events whether that's large-scale conferences or small round table events and then those that come to those events to have a say where whether it be procurement or um, development and investment then they see what we're trying to do and they're like wow we love what you're doing we really want to support um support you how can we get involved and they're really proud then to be able to have their logo associated with that lots of the projects initiatives that we um we work on sometimes come from our members who um, say this isn't happening in the region we really want to make a change in this area and it's not happening and then when you sort of explore that and see as Dawn mentioned when you explore that you can see that different people are working on different things bringing them together around that um, shared goals that's when the magic happens really so a lot of stuff that we do is often driven by our alliance and their um their passions here in within the region brilliant i love it yeah so there's quite a number of different ways that people can can get get involved really but um yeah and, and i love the fact that it's um you know it's an affordable option you know there's no barriers there actually is it? it's more of a, a nominal contribution really with those numbers that you've just shared so you know obviously you want to make sure it's as inclusive as possible um and and dawn i just want to kind of come to you around around the engagement with kind of local government really as well and lo- the local council so i was uh, fortunate enough to interview Rob Stewart, who is the, I don't know if you've heard, if you've checked out that episode on Brave Bob Brilliant, if you haven't, have a chat with, uh, have a listen to what Rob had to say. Um, but Rob is the is the, the leader of um, Swansea Council, obviously, and has been in role a long time, actually. So a lot of change will have gone on under his kind of, you know, period in role. Um, how important is it, the engagement with local government, with the projects that you're doing? It's, it's super important to us to have really great working relationships with all four of the local authorities across our region. But I think a really important aspect of what we're doing is that we are a, a completely independent alliance and we don't receive any government funding or public sector funding for what we do. So as Zoe was describing there, we're completely supported by our members' subscriptions and that enables us to meet all of our core costs. Um But yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, um, the leadership of Swansea Council over the last few years has been incredibly important in driving forward huge regeneration efforts um, and in driving forward a kind of regional investment programme, which is the Swansea Bay City deal. 
And so all four local authorities have a huge role to play. Um, sometimes where local authorities aren't so strong is in involving people and empowering businesses and communities to make change happen themselves. So we've sort of set ourselves up to say the future of Southwest Wales and the future of our communities is in all of our hands. You know, the local authorities have a huge role to play, but we can't all just sit back and say, oh, they should do this and the council should do that and the government should do this because actually we all live here, we all work here and we all have something to offer. Um, but we, over the last five years, have built really good, strong working relationships with various different departments within the local authorities. And we're delighted that they can see the benefit we bring in terms of hosting really inclusive and diverse conversations and events. So we quite often get invited to run events on behalf of local authorities or convene big conferences that they can see the value in and are keen to support. So it is all about partnership working, um, but it is also about saying, like, let's empower ourselves as businesses in the region to say, like, we can collaborate to make a difference. And there is frustration across the region about things that we want to change faster or people feel you know they want something different and and our our view is like don't sit at home and complain about that like come out and let's discuss it let's talk about it and see how we can all make a difference and the local authorities are listening to that and they do want the input of people and businesses there's just a a certain sort of art and a science to bringing people together in a way that is positive and constructive and uh, i think that's where we add the most value yeah, brilliant. And and just to build on that, um, Dawn, you know, you mentioned there's some some areas that that probably are ongoing frustrations, let's say, or you know, areas that really do require some attention. Um, so I am going to come to to Zoe to ask about some of the positive developments that have been happening in the region. But Dawn, just as you've just touched on it, there there are some challenges and areas that really do need continual kind of push and focus. So what are the what are those themes that you're seeing in terms of things that need to still change to really you know create jobs and to to, to make sure that the region is flourishing um, and not being held back? One of the key things is about procurement which means what we buy and who we buy it from and so our focus always is on um, keeping people spending within the local and regional economy and we're all guilty of hopping onto Amazon or buying stuff in supermarkets but we know deep down don't we that that money just leaves our region and it doesn't create local jobs and so really we all need to get much better at buying more from local businesses in our local areas. And the large organisations have a huge role to play in that. So the councils and the hospitals and the universities all need to be thinking about where their supply chains are and buying more from the local economy. And we need to identify where the problems are and the barriers. Some things you just can't buy locally. Well, should we be manufacturing more in our region? Uh, should we be growing more homegrown businesses to provide those services that local authorities and other large organizations need? So there are huge opportunities in that. Um, but it's also on all of us in our small businesses and in our households to think, can I buy locally too? So it's not all about Banging, banging the drum for public sector procurement. It's about all of us thinking local. Another huge challenge for South West Wales is transport. And, you know, that's kind of one of these big 
seemingly intractable problems. We're told all the time, aren't we, that we need to drive our cars less and we need more sustainable forms of transport. Um, but that takes huge investment and takes years and years to happen. And so transport is a conversation area that we've spent quite a lot of time in. And sometimes that's about thinking about how communities and businesses can help themselves and each other. So we ran a project called Community-Led Transport Solutions, where small groups of people in potentially quite rural areas were able to collaborate with perhaps local businesses or other organizations to kind of solve their own hyper-local transport needs um, but also yeah raising awareness of the need for more investment in our transport infrastructure um, I mean those are just a few of the huge challenges that we have and you know not least this drive towards decarbonization of our economy you know there are huge opportunities in that uh, but it's also really difficult to think about the scale of change that is needed. And again, that's where working together and sharing our challenges and opportunities surely is the only way forward, because these are you know, massive long term challenges that we've all got to face. Yeah, brilliant. So I love that. So, yeah, more work to be done. Obviously, there's always going to be more work to be done, right? <laughs> but I like the fact that, you know, taking control and not just bitching and moaning about how bad local government is or, you know, the council and X, Y, Z. And yes, OK, there's lots of ways to and improvements that everyone needs to make, but be the change you want to see as well. And I think that is a real mantra for, you know, taking control and, and actually everyone pulling together and, and let's open the dialogue about some some of these really, you know, kind of meaty topics. So that's great. But Zoe, just on a slight, you know, to sort of flip the coin on that, there's been a lot of positives as well. You know, a lot of development that's happened in, in the area over the last sort of five, 10 years. But I mean, let's look at the five years since you guys have, have kind of put forward the region in place. What are some of the standout things that you feel you can be really proud that has shifted in the right direction for the region? We're in a really privileged uh, we're in a really privileged position for the region where we get to hear about so many exciting projects and initiatives that have happened um, across the four counties and people just don't realize the breadth of opportunity that there is here Swansea Bay City deal and the projects that um, they, that that brings to the region the massive investment and uh, infrastructure that's going on in Pembrokeshire around the renewable energy sector. We were really lucky um, to be able to have um, four really thriving colleges and two universities within our region who are really ahead of the game in um, promoting um, opportunities for uh, future jobs and are really keen to talk and work with businesses around that. Um, when we started for the region, one of our first events that we ever hosted was a circular economy event. Um, and um, where we also brought the Commissioner for the Future Generations Act along. And at the, at the time, people hadn't really thought about what circular economy was, certainly had never heard of the Wellbeing of Future Generations Act. And wow, that has come a huge way since five years ago. The circular economy is on everybody's lips. In, uh, embedding the Wellbeing of Future Generations Act in what people do across the four counties as well is becoming uh, part of people's mantra and part of what people um, want to try and achieve. And um, I think that has been an amazing thing to watch really over the last few years. And that's not just local government looking at um, how they can change their um, 
not just but their procurement processes, as Dawn mentioned, but also looking at how they um, change their businesses in terms of waste. There's huge amounts of opportunity for people to start up businesses through that. Um, and I think those are some really excited changes that we've been watching here in the region. Yeah, brilliant. No, that's good, isn't it? It's great to see those those big initiatives really starting to have an impact. I mean, there's, there's been, you know, quite a lot of controversy recently about the introduction of the 20 mile per hour um, speed limit, um, which is not just in this region, obviously, it's in across Wales, and it's recently introduced. So while... Um, you know, we we want to make sure we're talking about topics which are going to be relevant, not just for today, but, you know, someone listening to this in, in a good few years time. I think it's fair to say that has been controversial. There's been a lot of coverage around it. And I'm just interested to get your opinion. Um, Dawn, I'll come to you if that's all right on this particular one. And then I'm going to talk about, so I'm going to give you a little bit of heads up so you can think I want to talk about um uh, council tax second home serviced accommodation in the region and the conflict between protecting local homes but also attracting tourism so we've got a couple of meaty topics to to talk about if that's okay um but it's important that we do you know we do air our thoughts on these um and as i say it's not around necessarily right or wrong but just let's have a dialogue so so dawn 20 miles per hour how how what what are you hearing on the streets? What what's the feedback from people? What are some of the pros? What are some of the maybe maybe some of the concerns around that as a policy? I mean, I think we've all heard the concerns that people have, and I think one of our you know real objectives in for the region is to be a broad church, and we completely understand that there are different perspectives, and everyone has the right to their opinion. So my own personal view is that we want to build a well-being economy across Southwest Wales and across Wales. And part of that is an economy that serves the well-being of people and the environment. And part of that is building an economy that doesn't sacrifice everything for car journeys and car users. So I don't think we can complain when new legislation is brought in that actually makes it more difficult to use our car and encourages us to think about other means of transport. So personally, I think we'll very quickly get used to the 20 mile an hour limit. I don't think it's as life changing and earth shattering as people seem to feel that it is. I think often when new changes are brought in, they seem much more challenging than they are. And within a few short weeks or months, uh, it's, it's completely normal. And I use that term well-being economy because I think that is an economy that achieves those seven well-being goals, you know, a healthier, resilient, more equal, more prosperous, more cohesive, more cultural and globally responsible Wales. You know, a well-being economy is one where we have to balance, as you say, these really difficult challenges of, yes, we do want um, a thriving economy, but not at the expense of our well-being. Um, and I really like wonder when people say, oh, you know, these changes to the roads are going to, you know, really damage Wales's economy and they're going to make it even more difficult. I just don't think that's the reality. I think for most people, um, our businesses and our communities and our lives are not dependent on the roads, you know, that we actually want to be able to connect with people and we want our neighbourhoods to be pleasant places to be and we want to be safer and healthier for the long term. So I'm an advocate, I have to say. And, you know, we've had loads of conversations about transport and so we totally understand that there 
our frustrations because the you know the public transport system is not there yet is it it's not there to enable us to leave our cars behind so you do have to continue that investment in decent public transport at the same time as making it more difficult for people to use their cars yeah yeah it's a tricky one isn't it because you know on the one hand you kind of go oh my gosh you know you're not making it easy for businesses you know if it's going to take me double the length of time to get somewhere am I actually going to even bother or will I just you know not go to Swansea market for example because it's just too much of a bloody hassle and there's no bus and I it's going to take me ages and I crawl along the road at 20 miles you know what I mean and I want to keep people safe but geez 20 is very slow because the reality is you're, you're like 19, 18, it's really slow. And, you know, it's very controversial um, because, of course, as you say, we want to keep people safe, you know, especially around, you know, areas like schools and stuff. It's always been, you know, it's been 20 for a long time, hasn't it? But, um, yeah, it's, it's quite polarising when you talk to people. Um, so it's good to get to get a perspective. But like you say, I think where where there's a period of adjustment, you know, is this going to be on all roads? Well, no, it's not actually. And when you start to see what it actually means in reality, I think is where excuse the phrase the rubber hits the road um, literally. And uh, we'll see we'll see how it plays out. But yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one, and quite a lot of negative press across the border, of course. Um, you know, to say, well, you know, this is backward thinking. It's not a well thought through policy. It's just being belligerent and going against anything that, you know, that, that, that London uh, kind of comes up with as a policy. So it's an interesting dynamic, I think, as well on the politics side, isn't there? Absolutely. And sometimes these issues are made into a kind of media circus, aren't they? And, you know, one of the things we think about a lot of for the region is the negative impact of so much of the mainstream media on how people feel about where they live and about their mm. lives. And we constantly have these very negative arguments. Um, and one of our core values is positivity. That you can, it's so easy to criticize, it's so easy to complain. It's much more difficult to actually come up with positive ideas about what, you know, what we want and what we would love to see. So we tend to try and keep all of our events and conversations focused on you know, what's important to people? What do you love? What are the assets that we have here in your community or in our region we can build on um, and which are strengths? And yeah, my advice is put some nice classical music on in the car, take a deep breath and enjoy the slower pace of life. And it's not always easy because we always think we're in a rush, but actually we need to take a deep breath and uh, slow down probably in more ways than just our driving. Great advice, John. Love it. Fantastic. So, Zoe, coming to you, another area that I think is quite contentious is around sort of second homes and, and you know, service accommodation, you know, so Airbnb type properties. And of course, it's always a balance, isn't it, around, you know, wanting to make sure that local communities and people locally can afford to, to buy properties versus all these rich out of towners coming across the border and snapping up all these properties, you know, so it's a real difficult balance. Um, and it's not unique to Wales, by the way, it's not unique to this region. It's you have similar conversations about London, you know, very few Londoners live in London because they can't afford to anymore. You know, it's all been snapped up by the Arabs and the Russians and the Chinese, you know, so you get all of this kind of contentious, but yeah, just wanted to get your thoughts on on sort of second home ownership and in particular service accommodation and the provision of that. So coming in three times council tax um, for anyone that owns a second home, 
or has service accommodation. So let's call it a holiday let's um, for, for those who don't know the term service accommodation. Um, and yet yeah, this is kind of quite contentious again. So what are your thoughts, Zoe, on, on that? Good, bad, indifferent? Uh, it's not a huge area that for the region covers around the sort of tax issues, but around housing, community, trans, uh, community tourism, um, innovation around different um, home solutions are something that we definitely have conversations around. Um, we work with a number of organisations across the region who look at um, shared om- ownership accommodation, co-housing, um, uh, unique sustainable living uh, those are the sort of things that we have probably explored and those are the sort of conversations that we have around alternative solutions to um, living and accommodation we're also the hosts of a community rail partnership for um, transport for wales and we um, are working on a project around community-led tourism so again that's working with the communities around how they can um, support tourism and get people to visit their communities and work with us um, around getting people to their locations around sustainable means so as you touched on the transport issues you know all those are sort of big challenges challenges and those are the sort of conversations that we're having in our sort of networks and sphere yeah no i mean well well dodged zoe um on the (laughs) (laughs) said you're a politician they're not actually answering the question but no i'm teasing you i'm teasing you you know it's it's probably not the it's not the main thing you 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 kind of talk about and it is an interesting dilemma because if you look at say areas like devon cornwall that are, are suffer from over tourism, let's say, and I spent my, most of my career in the travel industry, so you know it's a topic that I I know very well. Um, or you know if you put, translate that into cruise ships going into Venice, for example, that have now you know kind of been banned from going in because it was just you know the, the volume of of kind of tourists was just too much for the city. Similar areas like Barcelona, so you've got local kind of challenges, but I do think there's an element of of kind of you know the local region looking and saying well you know that an area like that has become so saturated and so full of you know airbnb properties that no one local can actually live there anymore you know so you've got this housing stock issue and then you've got potentially this conflict of well actually you're bringing money into the region if there's a lack of decent accommodation for people to stay in then they're not going to come and they're not going to spend and support local businesses so it's a really challenging kind of conundrum and you know so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out I think but tourism is so important though isn't it for the region yeah I mean tourism is a key economic driver for southwest wales and southwest wales is a fantastic place to come on holiday and so we definitely see that tourism is, is is a really important sector but I think what what's really vital is that the benefits of tourism need to rest within the local communities. And you're quite right that when tourism is sort of extractive, um, then it's a negative impact on local people. But tourism has huge well-being benefits, you know, um, 
across our region, it tends to be micro businesses that are in the tourism sector and those jobs and opportunities that it's, that are created really do stay within communities in terms of jobs for women. Um, people with ethnic minorities are disproportionately em employed uh, positively in the tourism sector as well. And as I say, that kind of micro business, family business, it's so important that we do keep mm -hmm. a really good, strong tourism sector. Um, but instead of these kind of really polarizing issues, I think it's helpful to think about the things that we all agree that we all do want. Like we all do want a flourishing tourism sector. We all do want young people across our region to be able to afford to live in our communities. And we all do also want places for tourists to stay. And I think when you can reframe the conversation around what would we all love to see and what, what do we all value and what do we all want, then we realize that actually, we actually all agree on so much more than we think. Uh, and I think this really gets to the root of what we're trying to do at For the Region. And a lot of what we do is facilitating conversations, which is to say, like, we actually all agree on so much more than we think we do. We can we can hold up these kind of issues as if they're incredibly divisive. But actually, when we talk about it, even Airbnb landlords themselves would agree that they do want young people in the community to have somewhere to live as well. It's just that we need to bring all these diverse perspectives into one conversation and together create a pathway forward and that could be community ownership of buildings and in you know properties which then could be let out to to tourists um but the benefits of those give something back to local communities and there are some fantastic examples of community ownership and community-led tourism you know the solutions are out there across wales um and i think one of the really important things that we're trying to do at for the region is hold space for those conversations where we can realize that we all want many of the same things and that we can work together to achieve them because otherwise i just see society going in such a dark and dangerous direction where we're all just arguing and we don't want to hear each other's perspectives and we're all again like closing ourselves off in our own little bubbles and only talking to people who agree with us. What we want to do is create safe spaces where we can actually listen to the challenges from right across the system. Again, I come back to this whole system conversation where everybody has a point of view and actually we learn so much by listening in a safe space. And I think the solutions are there. I just think we need to have those inclusive and positive conversations about the future that we want for Southwest Wales. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's great. And uh, I, I agree. It's all around communication and um, creative solutionizing, you know, um, as well. And thinking about, well, you know, start with the end in mind and then work backwards and what are our options, etc. So, yeah, great, great shout out, Dawn. And Zoe, you know, when you look at sort of the five years that you've had um, yourself and Dawn with setting up for the region, from, from your own sort of personal perspective, what has been the thing you're most proud of, would you say, during that five-year period? Surviving um, COVID and actually going from strength to strength through that and um, staying and remaining positive throughout that and bring, bringing really a um, mix of people together through... We would hold large-scale conferences online for the region during that time, as well as roundtable conversations. And, um, uh, you know, as you can tell from the 
the things that Dawn has said, those are positive conversations. Those are, you know, what are we going to do when we come out of this? Well, how can we all work together? And I think that sort of thing to be able to keep that positivity and keep people included in the conversations and get people on the journey to what's going to happen afterwards is something um, that yeah I'm really proud of really I think that's been um, a really exciting thing for us to um, and then now coming out of that all to bring everyone back together that we've met we've made more and more connections and there are more people more and more people on board with it so yeah that's something that I'm particularly proud of. Brilliant fantastic and Dawn what, what would you say what stands out for you might be similar but maybe pick something different. <laughs> Yeah, similar. I think these are difficult times. And so being able to stay positive and feel empowered in these challenging times, I think, is an achievement in itself. And we do try and represent that for others as well. I think we're all looking for a place where we can belong and and something to feel hopeful about. And I hope that we provide that for um, our region and for our alliance. Um, we've hosted some really fantastic large scale events. Uh, our most notable is our annual Swansea conference, which takes place in March each year. And this is a huge exhibition of businesses and organizations from across Swansea and a conference where we talk about all things important to uh, the city and the county. And we hear updates from uh, the council about huge projects that are happening, but we also hear from smaller organizations about the great sort of creative industries initiatives that are going on and the green initiatives. So the Swansea conference brings about 2000 people together in the Swansea arena every year. And um, I'm a real believer in the power of having a vision, you know, that you, you know what you want to achieve. So bringing people together with a shared sense of vision for the future. Uh, but just uh, an aside, really, a few years ago when we saw the arena, um, you know, the CGIs and fly throughs of the arena and we thought, OK, well, we would just love to run an event in Swansea Arena. We're going to run the first event in Swansea Arena. And that was pre-COVID that we were sort of set that as our vision and as our goal. And then during COVID, the arena got built and um, and then we were the first event to, to be held in the arena. And we was just so sort of proud like this is our city this is our arena and this is exactly the sort of event that should be held in that space bringing people and organizations from across the city together to collectively talk about what we want for the future you know that felt like a real milestone um and you know that that's really what we think is important is helping people to have a sort of positive vision of the future that we can then all work towards in our own way um but we're in the middle of planning a, another a big event in Swansea Arena coming up in November. So it just doesn't stop. It's uh, conversations and connections and building alliances and partnerships um, across all these areas. It is it is crazy busy, but it's so exciting. And anytime I think I want less work to do, I actually realise that I, I, I couldn't be happier trying to make a difference on these things that feel really important and purposeful. So, uh, yeah, I'm proud that we're still here five years on and we're building momentum, um, but it's not going to be an overnight success. It's uh, it's definitely a matter of persisting um, and building something for the future. Yeah, amazing. That conference. Wow. So, yeah, November and and, and will it be March next year as well? Then are you kind of looking at two, two, two a year going forward? Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. And how can people get involved in that? 
where can they where can they get involved maybe zoe you could cover that off um yeah people can get in touch with me and my email zoe at fortheregion.org.uk um again we're for the green economy conference we're looking to um to be a place that people can come to find solutions to their challenges on their net zero journey or trying to decarbonize their business or those who have the solutions and services to be able to sort, support businesses, bringing it all together. And again, as I mentioned earlier, really championing the good stuff that's already happening in here in Southwest Wales. People don't realize the depth of all the great stuff that's happening. Businesses doing amazing things. So we're really hoping to showcase and champion that at the Green Economy Conference. And the Swansea City Conference, again, People want to get in touch with me if they want to um, exhibit. That's great. And anyone and everyone is um, welcome to attend either one of those conferences. It's free to join. Um, just look at our website and you can find information on both. Amazing. See, no reason to not be there. No, you'll get rid of all those blockers and objections. So that's fantastic. So just coming to the last few questions for both of you. Now, you've had... You know, very interesting careers and what you're doing now with for the region is obviously just kind of going from strength to strength, which is amazing to see. And you'll have stacks of advice over the years, both of you, I'm sure. So, Zoe, I'm going to come to you first. Can you think of the best piece of advice that you've been given personally that's kind of helped you on your kind of career and business journey? Um, I think just stay positive. I'm really, really lucky to have the most supportive parents. I was never an academic and um, they encouraged me to stay positive and always believe that you can achieve anything you want. And, uh, and I think that comes out in what we're doing at For the Region as well, is encouraging everyone and everyone to be able to do anything that they believe they can achieve and to make change happen. And for me, um, that's what um, was a really important uh, message for me growing up was that, you know, I, I, you can do anything you put your mind to, basically. I love that. Great advice from your parents. Wonderful, Zoe. And what about for you, Dawn? Any standout advice that you've received over the years? Um, I think the thing that's resonated the most with me, I've touched on it already, actually, is about having a long term game. You know, when we and I think I learned this through entrepreneurship, actually, is when I started my computer graphics company in the early 2000s. And then here we are in, in 2023 and it's a, a thriving and successful business, but that took 20 years to build, you know, one foot in front of the other is what I always say. Um, and one foot in front of the other over the long term, you just, you could be amazed at what you can achieve. But I think we're all, you know, too impatient, aren't we? And we want to see the results of what we're doing, you know, tomorrow and the next day, whereas actually, these things happen in years. And that's just been a really healthy mindset. And I, I call it my 10 year mindset. Like don't judge the success or failure of what you're doing. You have no idea um, where this could lead. And you, you, you know, wait 10 years, one foot in front of the other and, and you'll really be somewhere in 10 years time. Oh, amazing. That's fantastic. Yeah, great perspective. And you're right, you know, very often I think what we do as business owners or entrepreneurs or whichever field you're in, performing arts, you know, we probably overestimate what we can achieve in the short term and underestimate what we can achieve in the long term. And um, I think you're right, you know, just keep keep going, you know, incremental day, gains 1% better each day 
you're going to absolutely knock it out of the park. So, um, yeah, I think that's, that's fantastic. So great, great perspectives from both of you. I love those words of wisdom there for everyone listening. Um, so listen, it's, I mean, it's been an interesting year uh, for you, for both of you. So Zoe, if you could describe this year in one word, what would it be and why? <laughs> roller coaster. <laughs> it's been a roller coaster of emotions, <laughs> but um, like, literally working and doing for the region is um fun emotional fun emotional like it's but it's absolutely brilliant um sorry that's too many more than one words but yeah roller roller coaster roller coaster that's it (laughs) yeah well i think there are probably people listening might be thinking oh yeah that's a good word for me as well (laughs) i agree lovely thanks emmy what about you don I don't know, maybe not such a positive word, but challenging. I think it's been a really challenging year. I personally have found it emotionally challenging. I've had to keep pulling myself up and thinking, you know, keep going, you can do this. Uh, I think we it's, it's worth being honest, isn't it, that we're all having those challenges. We all have really difficult weeks. Um, and as two women working together, Zoe and I are incredibly lucky that we have each other and one week I'll be feeling really low and Zoe will be, will have it within her to kind of pull us up and keep us going. And the next week it will be the other way around. And we're very open about that. So I think it has been a hugely challenging year. These are really difficult times. Um, so challenging, uh, but I love a challenge and I'm all up for finding the solutions and the way forward. Oh, excellent. Yeah, no, absolutely. Great word as well. Challenging. So roller coaster and challenging. Okay, good. So I'm going to come to my last question. uh, And Zoe, I'll come to you. So the name of the podcast, as you know, is Brave, Bold, Brilliant. When you hear that, what does it mean to you? Oh, I think I'm really lucky that I work with many brave, bold and brilliant people. Dawn being the biggest one, really. (laughs) Um, And working with um, so many inspiring people across the region, people who, whether it's a community project or trying to make a business happen, like really inspiring. And so those are the people that are being big, big bold and brilliant to make some sort of change happen within whatever their vision and dream will be. Yeah, fantastic. And Dawn, what does Brave Bold Brilliant mean to you? Uh, to me, it means um, not playing small in our lives. I read a book years ago called um, Playing Big by Tara Moore, and it really shaped my perspective that actually we, we, and maybe particularly as women, but I think it probably applies to everybody, that we have a tendency to play small and to think that we can't do things. So to me, brave, bold and brilliant means that you've taken the plunge to play big in your life and you're not going to silence yourself and you're just going to do your best. Um, And I love that poem about the man in the arena. I often think about this and it's, it's a really great poem. Look it up. Um, but what it, the message of that is that it's not the critic or the person who can complain from the sidelines that counts. It's, it's the person who's actually in the arena and doing their best. And it's not always easy and they'll be bruised and battered and, you know, sometimes crying and it feels hopeless. But it's those people who play bigger and who just cry, uh, not the critic, not the one who complains and says it's not possible or, um, yeah, shoots people down. It's uh, Those are the brave, bold, brilliant people who are really just 
trying their best and playing big in their lives. And for us at For The Region, that's, you know, that's for the greater good. It's for the future of our region. It's for future generations across Wales. Um, it's for people in our communities who need us all to stand for them and to make life better for Southwest Wales. So, yeah, that's my mission every day. It's like, just play big. You may not always believe in yourself and you may think, who am I to have an opinion? Who am I to convene this conversation? Um, but actually, the world needs more of us to just step up and, and be brave, bold and brilliant. Ah, fantastic. Yes. Well, listen, I've had a wonderful conversation with you both. I love what you're doing. I'm really passionate about it. And I, I feel lucky as well to that I've been accepted into the region, you know, despite my Mancunian roots and having lived in London for 30 years. But no, it's a fabulous part of the world to be. And um, yeah, I love what you're doing. I love the collaboration and everything that you're doing to, to make this place a, a better, more prosperous world, you know, and, and region for all of us. So yeah, congratulations to both of you keep doing what you're doing and uh yeah keep being brave bold and brilliant both of you thank you so much for inviting us on it's been lovely to talk to you thank you Jeanette more than welcome more than welcome thank you both I really hope you've enjoyed Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Don't forget to subscribe and share with all your friends. And if you've enjoyed listening, I'd love it if you'd leave me a five-star review. 